There's something about the word diagnosis that tends to make us uneasy. Whether it's our hearts, lungs, or other organs, we worry about the results and what to do next. At Kaiser Permanente, our team of specialists care for you and about you, working together, creating a treatment plan specific to your diagnosis and total health. So from primary to specialty care, find reassurance in a great team of healthcare professionals committed to your healthy recovery. Visit kp.org slash specialty care to learn more. Kaiser Permanente. Thrive. You are listening to Indie Radio, where we do content the indie way. Hey, everybody out there. It's Moses J. Mosley. You may know me as one of Ms. Jones pet walkers from the hit AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. And you guys should definitely listen to Talking About Walker. We deserve to live in peace. Negan and the Saviors try to take that away from us. Alexandria, the hilltop, the kingdom, and Oceanside came together to fight for a better future. We won. But not without painful losses. Today, we try to heal, try to forgive. Now the work begins. The new world begins. Hello. Uh, welcome to uh, Talking About Walkers, The Walking Dead Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Kente, all the way live from Los Angeles, California, and I'm so happy to be here with you on this wonderful night. I am jo- joined by my co-host. Uh, first up to bat is the lovely, lovely Jen. How you doing, Jen? Awesome. I'm... I'm I can't even tell you. I'm, I can't even tell you how excited I am about season nine. I was so excited before. Now I'm even more excited now that I've seen the episode. We have so much to talk about. All right, and also joining us is that man all the way from Indiana, the one and only Olaf. Hey, how you all doing tonight? Yeah, I know. I know Jen's really excited to talk about tonight's episode, but that's for a different reason. It's like yeah, season nine kicking off. This is this is really. Uh, I think this is going to be a really good season. Uh, they've already started off the show good, and I think so. It's going to be interesting to talk about tonight's episode. Yes, yes, yes. So uh, this is actually our hundred and one episode. We just celebrated our hundredth episode uh, Thursday night uh, with a yep. season nine preview. Preview. So now we're on on the back end or the back side of a hundred, <laughs> which is crazy. You know, uh, I remember when we started it, uh, I would have never thought we would have been going at it this long, and uh, no. these many episodes is crazy. Yeah, it's been it's been a long it's been a long long time and a, a long long ride, but a good fun ride though. It's been good. 
You, you know, it's, it's funny. Uh, for those who are just listening, the audio podcast, uh, they can't see, but uh, Olaf has a picture, and it's him with a mailbox. I've been meaning to actually, what, what's the deal with the mailbox? Oh, that is the mailbox in front of Carol's house with the A on it. Oh, that okay. Is actually, that is the actual mailbox in front because, well, you know, I go, I said, I go to Atlanta for Walker Stalker Con, which is coming up this month. But uh, there was some friends of mine, uh, they know where the uh, locations, uh, the shoot locations are. So I was actually able to go to, you know, the house that Carol went to that had the fence around it and stuff. Right. And that's the mailbox in front of that house. Nice. Cool. Pretty cool. <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. See, I, I, I've been meaning to ask you about it and with good yeah. reason. And okay. you all call me a nerd. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, and I, have, I have pictures of the, of the, uh, the saviors. That uh, satellite radio station thing. Uh, I got pictures of that. A few other places too that uh, uh, that were shooting locations for Walking Dead. Awesome. All right. Yeah, that is pretty awesome. Yeah, I did not know that. So yeah. yeah. But now it's one of those things. Like I said, if you look at it, what I'm pointing to, what I'm pointing to on the mailbox is the A. That's carved into it. Mm, okay, yeah, it's hard to to see that. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's pretty awesome. I did not know that, but I, some told me to ask you about that. <laughs> yeah, that's what that is. That's the mailbox in front of Carol's house. All right. Well, okay. I was wondering. I said, did he like? I don't know, get drunk and accidentally punch his mailbox or something. <laughs> 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 He's all leaning. <laughs> I didn't know, look, man. Like, look, look, I'm home. Mailbox, I'm home. <laughs> I, I had a feeling that it had to have some kind of significance, but uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. All yeah. right. So, uh, unfortunately, before we get into the episode tonight, we have uh, some um, some sad news that we have to talk about. Uh, yeah. Starting out, um, actor uh, uh, Scott Wilson. Who you know played Herschel on The Walking Dead? Unfortunately, passed away uh, recently. Uh, you know he was a terrific actor. He was just a, uh, a fan- he was fantastic on the show and uh, just a really good actor. Uh, I hear uh, some background. Uh, I think it might be from you, Olaf. Uh, so, um, there we go. Yeah, it's gone now. Um, but uh, Olaf, you had actually had an opportunity to uh, to to uh, meet him several times, right? Yes, I've actually uh, said through so going to the conventions, I had <clears throat> run into him uh, like on the on the convention floor and afterwards, and he would come out and just he'd come out and hang out with everybody, and he was just really down to earth, a really nice guy. He just very approachable. Always had a smile on his face. Always had a kind word. You know, it's like never, it's like just, just a super great guy. Yeah, it, it's, uh, he's going to be missed, that's definitely for sure. Yeah, it, it's uh, very unfortunate that he passed away. I want to, uh, he was uh, 76 years old. 
So he was, uh, you know, he was an older guy, but he was a young, young man too, as well, for it to die. Uh, I want to go to you, Jen. Uh, what, what was your thoughts? Well, it, it, it was, it, it was really super bittersweet to know that Maggie named her son Herschel. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, I mean, it like, it actually sort of made me tear up. Just there's just that I don't know. There's some beautiful symmetry. I hope he knew that before, before he passed on. I really hope that. He knew that they had named another character after his character because that seems so significant. <clears throat> but again, just like Olaf said, God, he really just seemed like such a rock and anchor um, for not just the past cast, but even for the present cast. And that storyline was so huge that it still has an impact on what is happening with the group in terms of their cohesiveness, even now. So he's going to be missed. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Yes, definitely will be. Yeah. So uh, that was the news that came out. Um, So uh, unfortunately, we have to get to the business of talking about the show. So let's talk about this episode. Uh, uh, The episode was entitled A New Beginning. Uh, which is season nine, episode one, the season premiere. And um, this episode also uh, marks a new beginning behind the scenes with The Walking Dead because uh, a lot of things are shifting and changing with, you know, with the the show. No longer is Scott M. Gimple the showrunner. Now you have Angela Kang, who uh, I believe was on Talking Dead after the show. I didn't get a chance to uh, check it out. uh, Yeah, she was on there. So, yeah, she's a terrific writer. So hopefully, um, you know, uh, this episode was pretty good. So it was a good start. And she's been a good, a solid writer on the on the show in the past. So we'll see what what her vision is and, and, you know, and and how well that the show will be under her stewardship. Um, So, excuse me. um, And also, you know, we know that it's the countdown to. Uh, the exits of Maggie and and uh, Andrew Lincoln, Rick Grimes character, uh, Laurie Cohen. And uh, so we know that those two things are going to happen this this season. So it is it's really it's fitting a new beginning. So uh, let's talk about this episode. Uh, uh, it started off in a traditional Walking Dead uh, season one start you know so uh, wait 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 i'm sorry to interrupt but first shouldn't we talk about the new opening uh go ahead the the new opening was amazing yeah it was it's always solid the the opening is always solid it was so different from what we've seen and also the, Mm the you know the last piece it was not the walker in the field the way that we always see there was um, so, there was a lot of rich symbolism in the in this very beginning, but boy, it sure does seem like maybe there's a lot more hope involved. Uh, it, it felt so fresh. I, I I was actually really geeking out over that uh, over the way that they sort of stylized everything. The animation looked really cool, but it was everything that was sort of like in all of that that made me go, "Whoa, this is so neat." When's the last time we saw anything grow? I mean, like really grow other than I guess the prison, but mm-hmm. it it felt like there was something even bigger happening with the tree and the leaves and the vines. And it just felt like, oh, yeah, OK, there's hope and there's possibility in this opening. And it felt really good. Yeah, 
Did, yeah, did uh, you guys think so too? No, no, no. I, I definitely yeah. agree. Uh, I felt like uh, I felt like that uh, the opening was very good, and and uh, you know, it's always you know it's always been a, one of the best openings, that, you know, TV you know wise that I've ever seen. You know, on on the show. I'm trying to uh, get it get it all queued up so we can uh, have it playing in the background. But uh, yeah, it's it's pretty good opening. It 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 brought uh, it, it was um, the right word I think is it was evocative. It stirred up so much that we haven't seen. Whereas in the past, it's always felt like this is the post apocalypse and and it is dreary and it is dead. Now we see something that feels more alive and more hopeful and something that carries with it a promise of something to come as opposed to we have to deal with the past as sort of an issue. It's, it's funny, the entire uh, episode was, it was, it was titled so correctly because the entire, the, this entire episode felt so original and, um, and very new in both its approach to the cinema the characters, the story, and also just in its approach to sort of um, the even the language they were using felt so much more hopeful. That I think that's the right word. I, I'm trying to think if there's a better word for that, but at the moment, that's the best I've got. Uh, did you guys feel the same way? No, no, I no, I, I agree with you. Uh, hopeful is a is is. Something that I think that the show doesn't always feel like, and I think we just talked about that on the last episode, how it's really, you know, the show has very little hope in it, you know, uh, basically, you know, the idea that when you die, you reanimate is very not, not hopeful. So, <laughs> you know, uh, right. but yeah, I, I, I see where you're going with it and I, I do agree. It had a it had a nice, fresh feel to it. It was, wasn't the same old thing, and some of it it kind of gives you a little bit of a hint of maybe what's going to be, uh, what's to come in this season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think what's to come in this season is that I think that that it's it's big. Also, you know, <clears throat> in in seasons past, they've always sort of uh, retweaked that opening to kind of give us a clue about what might be happening, where they might be going, little things here and there. This time, it feels like it is a, it's a totally different direction. And, and that's why that opening sequence feels so incredibly important because it really does feel like everything about this episode felt rebooted. And I don't say that lightly. I mean that seriously. It really felt different. I, I know that sounds ridiculous after nine seasons, but wow, it did feel amazing. I, I at least that's the way that I felt about it. Felt like it kind of got a little bit of a shot in the arm this this season. It it did, and I was expecting for it to be you know a little bit more tired, a little bit more tropey, a little bit more you know okay, this is what's going to happen, and you know I'm just going to settle in and do this because it's my job. You know that's sort of how I've been feeling about The Walking Dead for a long time. But now I'm like, oh my God, did you see that? Did you see that? <gasps> did you see that? <laughs> and it was actually really cool. I, I did like it. I liked it a lot. Yes. Uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, 
I think it's uh, Messi FTW. Hopefully I said that right uh, in the chat room. Uh, and I see that there's more people that are listening, but haven't made themselves known in the chat room. Please do so. It's on the right side. It's the top chat, uh, not the comment section. And uh, if you post in the chat, we will definitely make sure that we recognize you. So I see several people are listening. So don't be afraid. Come in. Uh, none of us bite. Well, I don't bite. Yeah. <laughs> well, least. I don't really bite. I just kind of nibble. <laughs> I, I'm, I definitely don't bite. And even if I did, I'm not infected. So it's okay. <laughs> right. oh, okay. You want her cooties is what she's saying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I didn't say that, but yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, um, there's so much to uh, to unpack with this episode. And I really enjoy the, the beginning scene at the Natural History Museum. I thought, you know, I, I love the, the the visual imagery uh in inside the building and I like the the um you know the the glass and the walkers you know at the bottom and all of that kind of stuff and and I, I like this idea of in a way, you know, it's restarting society, right? And right. So some of the things that they went to, it, they go to the Natural History Museum and get things that were help that helped settled, uh, you know, the United States to help um, resettle the United States once again, but in a different way because of uh, what what has happened. And uh, I love that, you know, love those that imagery and what they decided to do there. Uh, and of course, we knew someone was going to fall in the glass, uh, right. and they made you feel like it was going to be Rick. But um, but uh, they did kind of a switcheroo, and it w- it ended up being Ezekiel. What did you guys think about that scene? Well, I yeah. liked it. Yeah, it's like I thought uh, that was that was interesting, and he almost got bit. Daryl saved him. He almost got bit on the leg. Yeah, those walkers uh, they really suck at uh, getting you know the major cast people when they <laughs> <laughs> you know when yeah, they 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 get. They get their mouth almost around them, and then they just can't <laughs> follow through. Almost, but, where, but where that walker was going to bite him wouldn't hurt him because <coughs> he had on combat boots. Guess what? He was biting the boot. Right. <laughs> and he takes such a slow so, bite. It's like this slow, like he's going to grab a hold and... And it's like, uh, no, these guys, these guys suck. I don't know if you guys can see my screen. Uh, I'm, I'm showing, uh, the, uh, from the episode, but, uh, um, I thought that was hilarious. The, you know, the, the lack of, uh, of getting, um, Ezekiel, uh, for, let me ask a silly question. Did anyone think that he was actually gonna bite it? No. No. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't think he was going to not there. No, they would save him. But now the funny thing is, is like, okay, I'm I'm looking at it and go, yeah, okay, the glass broke. He fell through. I'm like, going, why didn't the wagon fall? <laughs> I know. And I'm like, okay, the glass broke. Why didn't the wagon fall? Because the wheel was well, right the, there. Well, the wagon the compromised the glass, and then the last person through was Ezekiel. So that's why. I mean, I could see that. That to me, that actually made sense. And the beams. It did. The beams actually. Uh, I guess you know the, the, those beams were pretty strong. It was they the glass were. that was the weak yeah. part. But yeah, but, I, I hear what you're saying though. But that, no, was a, like, that was also a great metaphor, right? Because first of all, there's this idea that they are uh, 
uh, okay, I'm, I know I'm going to get dorky here for a second, but first of all, they're walking on thin ice. That's sort of the big thing. Second thing is they are just, they're just barely hanging on. And then, <laughs> th no, I'm serious. This stuff really matters, right? Mm -hmm. And then the last oh, yeah. thing is they are, the, the, the glass sort of represents kind of the, um, the giving way of the old to the new. So mm -hmm. as the old passes, the new gets to sort of take its place. You see that they got the old out of there. Right. I mean, they did it. I, I feel like that was awesome. I, I loved it. It was beautiful. Well, you didn't get dorky at all. No, oh, not oh. at all. Not at all. Not at all. It's like, oh, man. You, you don't get out much, do you? Come on, everybody that knows me knows that this is my, this is my thing. Do you know how many movie partners I've lost due to this? Yeah, it's been a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, what about, uh, what do you guys think about the idea of Carol and Ezekiel being together? I mean, it, it, it's been brewing for quite a while, but now, you know, it's finally a part of the the show in a real way even though there she's still playing coy but yeah well she was at least she was glad to have the pookie approval, pookie approval. <laughs> did you, you catch that where she said oh, i'm glad i have pookie's approval that was cute also, yeah, what was uh, also where, uh, she, where she called like daryl pookie and a few times throughout different episodes uh, also, you know, I was sitting with somebody as I was watching this, and again, you know, that person was saying that, um, that, 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 you know, why even offer marriage at this point? I mean, it's the apocalypse. What the heck? But I see this really differently. I see these little pop-up relationships as sort of uh, an attempt to go back to normalcy. I mean, we were humans, and, and we want things to be in structured patterns. We want to have sort of the familiarity of what we have had before as a way to sort of placate ourselves as we move into something new. And so I can totally see why Ezekiel would be like, you know, and, but I also see Carol and I love what she said. Don't be handing me that thing. It's going to snag on everything. Like she's so pragmatic and that is just so Carol. So I, I, I personally love the relationship little vibe that I get from them. I also love that they are being so true to their characters. Ezekiel is just so over-the-top passionate, and Carol is just so sort of, uh, again, just pragmatic to the core. And I, I liked that. I really did. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I, I don't know how I feel about that relationship, um, you know, from when it was first being, you know, uh, you know they had it out there. You know, because I know everybody wanted Carol and Daryl to hook up. That never, for whatever reason, never happened. And then, uh, you know, Ezekiel, he's just been all over it, uh, you know. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, um, I mean, shoot, it's the end of the world. Why not? Uh, let's see. I'm marrying me Megan. <laughs> or does, is, I think that person might have met Negan <laughs> in the chat room. But, um, no, I think that... Uh, you know, I, I think they're a good match. And uh, I think the differences in the way that they get down is good. I think she's good for for him, you know. Yeah, and he's she's, good a, for she's her. a good balance for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I was going to say. They're a good balance for each uh -huh. other. 
Yeah, I mean, he's a, also, he's can, a lot better than her first husband. Also, can, <laughs> can we just go back to that idea of who wants to marry Negan? Guys, come on. Hey. Nobody wants to marry Negan. <laughs> that is just... I mean, look, I have a bad boy complex myself, but Negan? Wow. I, I, I feel like we should just call out the fact that, okay, first of all, we didn't see Negan in this episode, which, is, which was, I think, by design. Um, but but <laughs> the fact that he design. still <laughs> is getting referenced is just so awesome because he was so huge. I, when they walked into the Savior's place and, and they said, hey, how is Negan being treated? Or I mm-hmm. forgot the exact line, but uh, to me, that was like, you know, I hope he's suffering. I, the, it was just such a huge part of everyone's lives up until this point. I'm so glad they didn't just like drop it and just like let it go because I feel like that's what The Walking Dead has done in the past, and this felt really different. Well, and then they had the writing on the wall. It's like you know we are still Negan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like I, you know it's like the it's like uh, say uh, saviors help us. You know we are still Negan. Right. I, I love that. Did anybody else get the idea that maybe uh, Justin, maybe he is maybe one of those characters that's like still I am Negan? Well, I think he wrote it because he said, well, I just used the last of the paint. So he could paint over it. So I think he did it. Mm-hmm. Maybe. That's, that's your boy, too. Your boy. And, he's, and I don't think he's going to be a very good character on this on this this in this series or anything. Wait, I good I, Wait, I don't explain think, that, I, Olaf. Good as in good versus evil, or good as in he just I, can't be very good I think on this show? I, don't, I just don't think he's going to be any good on this show at all. And I'm sorry, that's more just picking at you, Jen. Yeah, I, I, I thought you were I maybe can't wait till he dies. <laughs> I can't wait till he dies. That's going to be the best moment ever. Now, I, I, I'm, I'm, uh, in case y'all haven't noticed... Jen has a little bit of a crush on um, on Justin there. <laughs> no, you don't say. No, just a little bit of one. You know, I did, I have to say that when, uh, just along these same lines, when they walked into the Savior's place, it, it uh, once again, they do such a good job with their backgrounds and the and the, the the setting that they have to make it feel even grungier, perhaps, than it was before. It feels so industrial in there and and you just you really get this overwhelming sense that things have not changed for the saviors very much at all except that they're they're hungrier than they were before but i love that once again they didn't sort of pull a rabbit out of the hat and make the time jump feel like the saviors are somehow doing better or that there is some magical rescue coming they really made it feel like yeah they're actually really suffering because without negan the whole society that was the saviors is now sort of uh, it, floundering. It's figureless. Yeah, it's floundering. That's a great word. Perfect, Olaf. Mm-hmm. Now, hopefully, uh, Justin will be able to hang around the <laughs> series a little while. You're so mean. You're so mean. <laughs> Whew, I am not buying you a drink after this. Oh, darn it. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> also, you know, one other thing that I that this is again goes back to how that they were treating the saviors. I love that Daryl, of all people, who obviously spent time with the saviors and explains to Rick, I don't want to stay here anymore. I love how his interaction with Rick is basically to say, I don't want to lead these people anymore, it, because I, I mean, I guess because I know, you know, sort of like where the show might be going, or I'm guessing that it might go. 
And it really seems like they are trying to kind of put Daryl in a position where he's less of a, like, like where he's going to be a reluctant leader. You know, somebody who has to really step up because he just doesn't want to be in this position anymore. I found that really interesting. What did you guys think? Well, I think him not wanting to be there is simply just because there was a lot of bad stuff that happened to him there. And he doesn't, probably doesn't feel like the people there are going to really respect him as a leader. Yeah, but he uh, also didn't want to go back to Alexandria. He wanted no, to go he to wanted Hilltop. No, he wanted to go to Hilltop. Yeah, because he, he wanted to be with Maggie and the baby. Right, but, but, that, but you know, knowing how close, I, I feel like knowing how close he has been, Daryl has been with Rick, it, right. it just, it feels like maybe there's some other kind of schism going on. But also, you know, we all have to remember the very last episode of The Walking Dead where they basically have that meeting in Maggie's office. And it's Daryl and Maggie and... And, 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 and the things that they say about the fact that Negan is still alive and why that's such an irrecoverable sin to sort of deal with gives me the impression that not only is Daryl on board, but he's still really reeling from it. But, but still, mm-hmm. I mean, it just, I'm just going to go back to this. I still feel like, you know, Daryl could put himself in a position of being really dangerous to the saviors and i don't mean dangerous like you know i am negan with the bat i mean dangerous like if he wanted to exact revenge out of them he could do all kinds of things behind the scenes if he's orchestrating stuff and he he still he chooses to walk away from it so there's something tired about daryl right now just exhausted like i'm i need to check out a little bit well i think that that's really valid actually i agree yeah yeah Uh, you know, the, uh, one thing that I, I see going for this show uh, in this season is the more of the soap opera angle, even to a higher level. Um, a lot of uh, poor man's Game of Thrones, uh, if you will, <laughs> in the back, you know. Um, yeah. You know, I, uh, I, I see that there's going to be a lot of uh, of that. That's going to be what, what pushes the storyline. Uh, to a certain point. One thing I was a little disappointed in was the last season ended with this Godfather scene, you know, between um, Maggie and Daryl. And uh, I don't, uh, I I haven't really, you know, I don't, it doesn't seem like that is still going on, at least not the way that it kind of seemed like, you know, it was, you know, that they were planning something and all of that, unless they're going to re-engage with that. And it kind of gave hints to that. But so much time has jumped. I would figure they would have put whatever uh, plan that they were talking about um, in uh, motion. Possibly, but that may speak to, and, and this is this is also part of the episode, <clears throat> I think Maggie's long game to try to, not, maybe not take control from Rick, but yeah, maybe take control from Rick is is sort of much more strategic than just a, a hungry power grab. Like, I, I can see why she would want to build up resources first and then use them as leverage, both against Rick and the saviors. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the moment, the big issue is the bridge is out, and so any place that they need to go is going to create a massive uh, walk around, which they don't want. So I think she's more than willing to help rebuild the bridge, but I think she is putting herself in a chess position 
for some bigger strategy down the road against Rick and uh, and sort of like doing it right, doing the things that I think she thinks have hindered Rick all the way up until this point, not being as, uh, again, just as strategic, but not playing kind of the longer game in all of this. And I see Maggie as being so much more intelligent than we give her credit for. So I can totally see that that's what she would be doing. You know, I'm a little disappointed that uh, Gregory, they, I mean, it was a you know good scene, you know, him, you know, it really thrusted the season, having him hung like that. But I think they could have used, like, it was kind of hacky the way that he, he, tr- he uh, tried to kill her. It was pretty corny the way they did it. Like, I wish that they had played it out a little bit longer before it. It would have gave it more gravitas. It just seemed kind of like they pushed that, and then you know, you know, they. I guess they wanted that ending in that in that first episode. But I, I like the idea of that he had lost the election, and that he is now using some cunning to try to get back into power. But it, the way it, it played itself out was kind of hacky. Fake news. I, I thought that was pretty funny myself, right. actually. Yeah, and let's see, he goes after, he goes to the couple that their son died, and the, ha- oh, let's see, they just happen to have a drinking problem. <laughs> right. And he just happens to, like, keep pouring, like, here, well, and then, I'm sorry, where did they come up with the cloak for this guy to look like the, the Grim <laughs> yeah. Reaper? You know? And, uh, yeah, and uh, he, you could just tell he was trying to play things to get rid of Maggie. You know, uh, and that, the, uh, the lady who played the mother, um, oh my God, her name is, uh, what, uh, she had a TV show back in the day, the comedian. Uh, yeah, Brett, yeah. Uh, I, t- I, Brett, I saw that. I'm like, oh, wow. No, no. I t- I What's her name? Because she was uh, big back in the day. Uh, oh my God. Uh, I, I, I can't think of it either. I know, I'm, it's like I saw, when I saw her, I'm like going, I know her. <laughs> let me let me pull it up. I know I should know it. Uh, I should have taken a note. Um, but uh, yeah, she yeah, that was good to see her. She's a uh, Brett uh, Brett Butler. That's her name. Yeah, that was cool. Uh, and John Finn uh, played her husband. And John Finn, you know, was on like NYPD Blue. Uh, right. Uh, he was on the X Files. Uh, a bunch of other stuff too. Yeah, he's a good actor. They had some. They had some really good actors on yeah. on the show. You know, they they're they're doing pretty good with their casting. Uh, yeah, and, and their casting. I don't know. Of course, now they could have probably casted somebody a little different for Justin. Though I don't think they could. Have picked... <laughs> I don't think he's the right person for that. Part, yeah, you know? yeah. We'll let him. We'll let them uh, slide on that one. Yeah, they, 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 they did kind of screw uh, that uh, one. You know, up. you know. Just speaking about casting, right? Did did you guys notice how uh, how the, with the cast that they had that they were? I realize this is going to be bigger later um, with the with some massive casting choices as they do some new things. But in this episode, did you notice how tight? each narrative chunk was it was so well coordinated and this is this is the trick of i think writing a a a multi-location multi-character series when you can 
really make the focus about the people who are involved with uh, with that uh, with that really again it's just tight narrative style. It, th- there were longer takes in this ser- in this uh, in this episode for season nine, and everything felt so different about how they functionally decided to tell the story. So from a technical aspect, both the writing and the direction, it really felt different. In fact, uh, a friend of mine who I was just talking to a couple of minutes ago messaged me and said it felt like they rebooted this so that it could bring in a CW crowd, which I thought was an interesting hmm. idea. It's it's not they're not younger actors, but it still has that sort of like uh, it's got a fresher feel to it. I think that's what she was saying. The Zombie Diaries. <laughs> the Zombie Diaries. Yes, there we go. God, I'll tell you, if the zombies start getting love interests, I'm out of there. Oh, ugh. <laughs> That'd be gross. Yeah. Let's not go down that road. <laughs> That'd be gross. Yeah, don't give them ideas. Right. Oh, please. I hope they're not listening. <laughs> They'd be like, great idea. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, yeah, let's have him walk into a uh, it's like a Walker wedding. Yes, okay, yeah, all right. <laughs> the, the wedding, yeah, the wedding of the century. I love the uh, zombie uh, scarecrow though. That was pretty cool. The <laughs> now, did, yeah, and it's like now Justin was helping to string up the uh, Walker in the garden there, and let's see, Daryl shot it in the head. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder why he did that. Why did Daryl do that? Mm. I'm. 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 I don't know. There was no explanation for that. I feel like that was a longer. I don't think. I just think he doesn't like Justin. Seen. He's like me and Olaf. He just hates Justin. You know. Oh, God! What happened, you guys? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be so serious about the story. I'm ser- we're serious. <laughs> I'm being You're serious. You're still on I'm, Zach. Uh, I'm being serious. Okay. All right, it's like for why, those, why those did, you, why who, did Daryl do that? Why? Yeah, for those you don't know, I'm picking on Jen because of Zach McGowan was. It's like Charles Bang from it's like Black Sail. So I'm just picking on her about it. <laughs> <laughs> we we could also do a podcast later on Death Race Anarchy in which <clears throat> Zach McGowan played the lead character. So you know we could do that too. But hey, let's just stick to the. How one about one. like this? <laughs> Let, let's not do it and say we did. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've sidetracked this enough. I'll leave, I'll, I'll leave Zach alone now. Yeah, <clears throat> leave my Zach alone. I, I am curious. I, I am really curious. Why? Why couldn't they put the walker up as a scarecrow? And also, what was the what? Okay, so I have my own theories about this, but let's talk about the symbolism of the crows. Mm-hmm. What? What? What's a cro- what? Crows are usually the harbinger of death, mm-hmm. right? So scaring death away from death is that seemed like a pretty pivotal kind of a moment. And Daryl said, "No, no, we don't scare death with death." That I don't know. There was some there was some message in that. I don't know exactly what it was, but I feel like that was a longer take and it got edited out because something didn't quite click with my brain in that. Well, I don't I don't quite understand why he shot, you know, killed the walker and said, "No, you're not doing that," because I mean putting that up there as a scarecrow I would think it would work pretty good but you know like I said then shooting him in the head I like I, said, I don't I didn't quite get why he did that either you know now that we're talking about it though <clears throat> maybe it was this maybe it was you know Negan used the walkers 
as deterrence for a lot of things. And maybe this was Daryl's way of saying, we don't do that stuff anymore. Maybe this was Daryl's way of saying, this is new, okay? We don't do things the way that Negan used to do things. Maybe that was just him putting his foot down about it. I, now, maybe you know, that's that, part of it? That could be it, because like you say, numbers. I don't. Daryl, uh, he doesn't want to stay there because of all that happened to him when he was there. So he doesn't really want to stick around, I don't think. But, you know, that, now that you mentioned that, that, that is a, probably a really good explanation of why he shot the walker and said, nope, we're not doing that anymore. Because that's the old way. We're going to do it a new way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just talking about it brought that up. So, yeah, I, I can see that that, would, that that would be. But didn't they also show the crows at the very end? I don't remember. At the very end of the episode, didn't they also show not <clears throat> not the end with Gregory, but before that, didn't they show the, the crows again? Mm, I don't remember. I, mm. I think that they showed the crows at least twice, and so it makes me think that we're not done. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, we're not done with that. Like that might signal something. Okay, Daryl says we're not done with, or we are done with Negan, Justin, and AKA the Saviors, uh, as re- as a representative says, no, 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 no. We are still Negan. Mm-hmm. I mean, that feels like it makes some logical sense. I'm just purely speculating here, but it does feel like that could be a direction. Um, also, uh, let's talk about Gabriel. Uh, he's wearing um, Carl's hat. Uh, well, which is uh, Rick's hat. What do you guys think about that? That's interesting. And it, it really is a nice look for him. Is it? Yeah, yeah I, I think he le- no. It looks he looks pretty cool with the eye and the hat and the. It looks pretty. That looks pretty dope. That's a dope look. <laughs> I I I feel like anybody who wears <clears throat> Rick's hat on purpose is just asking for trouble. <laughs> no, no, I'm saying. Well, look, let, let's pull it up since you want to act like. Now is, that's not cool. Come on, it's pretty cool. You don't think it's cool? No, I'm saying, isn't that cool? That's a cool look I, for you. I, I, I don't know. <clears throat> I mean, I get why Gabriel would want to honor uh, Carl's memory and wear his hat. But uh, I don't know. I also have issues with people that hold on to stuff from the dead. Because every time in The Walking I, Dead... Okay, I'm don't... not talking about that. I'm talking about just aesthetically the look. Oh, are you talking <laughs> about just how, how handsome was he? Okay, yes, he was well, I'm not talking. I didn't say handsome. I'm just saying it looks pretty dope. He, he was pretty handsome. Gabriel's a pretty handsome guy. Okay. I'm, well, I'll get you his number. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay, that's cool. I'll, I'll buy him Olaf's drink since Olaf's being so mean to me. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Olaf, you meanie. <laughs> I know, I know. It's like it. It's like I'm having I'm having a mean streak today. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um. No, no. I just wanted to point that out. Uh, um, I think I, I, uh-huh. I really, I, I just, I just want to say one thing. Uh, th- th- this episode was really basically the thread that h- held it together was the death of Ken, right? Mm-hmm. Ken, the sort of the blacksmith, the metal worker's son, mm-hmm. and and Ken's death. It, it every death in The Walking Dead is always significant in some way right except for the walkers but i felt like this was so much more 
because we don't often see funerals on The Walking Dead. We see them bury the dead. You know, sometimes we hear them say a couple of words. Oftentimes it's Rick saying those words. This time, it not only was it removed, but even Maggie wasn't there. So it was sort of just the people that were, you know, and it goes back to that idea of they need some kind of normalcy and closure around what's happening. So they're going back to sort of old, well, not old, but pre-apocalypse feelings. Like you have to bury the dead with dignity. You bury the dead with toasts and songs and it's like they're trying very hard to even in the apocalypse pick up those pieces. This just felt very uh, important as as kind of a story function. I, I maybe I'm the only one that thinks that, but I really felt like it was imperative that we understand that not just are people still grieving, but the people are grieving and they're trying to sort of find a way to work through it. Does that make but- sense? Yeah, somewhat, but now Maggie wasn't there because she was told not to be there. Well, that's true, but I'm just saying that she wasn't there, whether by design or accident or good writing. It was still the people, the the, the hilltop people, who conducted and did everything. And that right. seems very significant to me. It was a leaderless, <coughs> it was a leaderless uh, organization of people for a ceremony that is normally, almost every time we see it on The Walking Dead, heralded by a leader. And the reason that I think that this is important is we saw Michonne at the beginning of this episode in the History Museum looking at We the People. And there was a lot of talk about reforming sort of the idea of basic democracy, basic human rights, or basic civil rights, I guess I could say. Um, and it's Michonne that's basically leading the way on that. <clears throat> but when you look at how that that ceremony was put together, it was put together by the people for the people, no leaders. And that, again, it just feels significant to The Walking Dead in terms of where we may be going in the future with sort of the reorganization of society. Yeah. I, that's all. Yeah, wow. <laughs> It's <laughs> so funny. Me, me, me thinks you think too much. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm missing. Still, yes, I'm still picking on you. I'm sorry. No, no. <laughs> it's okay. I know it's out of love, so I'm okay. Right. No, no. Uh, I think that's pretty, uh, very well said. I mean, I, one thing I love about you, uh, Jen, is you always give us more to think about than, um, you know, uh, you make it much more. Um, awesome than we even realized so thank you i i, I really do appreciate that but well um, my nerd self says you're so welcome <laughs> um <laughs> but i i have to uh i have to bring up something else uh that um i think you would appreciate uh jen that um he's credited in this but i don't remember seeing him in there is um ryan hearse ryan hearse is uh um was uh opie on uh on um sons of anarchy oh yeah where was he yeah i you know i'm looking they said he was in this episode and he's going to be on the all the whole season so remember he was a very beloved character on sons of anarchy and you know oh, God, yeah. who uh, had an untimely death <laughs> on the show but uh 
uh, that made people just love this guy, you know, even more so. So um, I saw, I was like, when I saw that name, I was like, hey, wait a minute, that's, uh, you know, that's him, you know, so pretty awesome. He was so great on Bates Motel. Uh, he was like, he was one of the best characters on Bates Motel, too. So I'm sure he will do great on The Walking Dead. Yeah, so yeah, he's he's done quite a bit of stuff. Pretty cool. I don't know. I, I don't know what what is he? Who is he supposed to play? Oh, uh, he's supposed to play uh, a character named, uh, 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 you know what? It just totally left me now. He's supposed okay. to play another. It, it was on the. Uh, it was on the Walking Dead wiki. Uh, mm-hmm. He who he was supposed to Beta. play, and I and Beta. I don't think I, I don't know if we've seen him yet because I think he's part of another group that's about to come in. At least I've heard whispers about it. <laughs> um, I got I got what you were doing there. Uh, yeah, okay. Be- I, I'm, I'm not very I'm not very good at hiding. He was he was a uh, <laughs> beta is the name of beta. Yeah, there we go. And, yes. it, and it has him here as in all the episodes. So. And also, he's going to be on the new season of Bosch, which if you haven't seen Bosch, it's a great show on Amazon Prime. So, great show. They have a hell of a cast this season. Uh, wow. Yeah, um, this. The, the, I, I think, you know, just from an overall perspective, I definitely think that if you haven't been watching The Walking Dead because hashtag billions of reasons, which I would probably sympathize with and understand i have to say that season nine really does feel very narratively different it feels fresher it feels more in control there are not as many sort of loose hanging threads although those you know we could weave an entire tapestry out of from the previous seasons this season feels much more in control of its own story and i this is only one episode, so obviously I don't know where it's going, but I, but I like it. I felt very reassured by watching this episode that season nine was headed in a good direction. Mm. Oh, and and I I stand. Cor- I'm going to interrupt here. Uh, I stand corrected. Uh, he fell through the floor when he was carrying the plow, not when he was pushing the wagon. Yes. Right. It was the the plow. Right. Okay. So I, I stand corrected. Sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. So this is a comic book character, Beta. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, this is going to be him on the show. Oh, okay. He still has that. And, uh, and he still do has you know that, uh, what the, <clears throat> without any spoilers or anything, do you know, <clears throat> excuse me, do you know why they call the Whisperers the Whisperers? No, why? Um, because they do this very unique thing where they wear walker skin. Oh, yeah. So that they can't be detected. Yeah, that's that's them. That's on his face, yeah. Yeah. Can't wait to see that. He still has the Sons of Anarchy look. You you know, when he finished the show... That's a lot of skin to cover that guy, let me tell you. You know, when he finished the show, Sons of Anarchy, and I know this is not a Sons of Anarchy podcast, but... um, he was so connected to the character that a year later, the cast had to literally shave him like in a ceremony just so he can let the character go. Oh, yeah. Like it's on the, on the internet somewhere. So, yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. 
That is crazy. Oh my gosh. Wow. He's a so he. I I assume we could think that he does quite a bit of method acting then, if he is that connected to the character. Yeah, he was like, uh, wait here, here it is, right here. Whew. Like they're like, this is. I'm not watching Sons of Anarchy. See, they like Charlie Hunnam had to see. This is like maybe a year later. Oh wow. They had to. Like, <laughs> See, they had to cut it. See, See, you know, it's so funny because on Bates Motel, he plays such an interesting, different character. Mm -hmm. So, he, clearly he's got a good range. Uh, so, I didn't remember it was with the uh, katana. <laughs> he's like, that's a lot of trust there. <laughs> but like, see, he's like crying and stuff. He was like emotional about it. Look at it. Aw, poor guy. Aw. Yeah. Oh, jeez. That's uh, so sad. He couldn't let it go or something like that. Yeah. Wow, what a good guy. What a good guy. Okay. Well, we'll get to see him if, if what he's playing on The Walking Dead is 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 that second-in-command character. Then we'll get to see a lot of him Yeah. on this coming season of The Walking Dead because that's a pretty heavy part of what's happened. Oh, what I think is going to happen, at least in terms of where the story is going. If the whispers are as big of a part of the story as the saviors were the last time, we will probably see a lot of him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's a good thing. Yeah. Wait, wait what's the... Uh, let me um, pull this up real quick. So what was he... He was with Negan? This character? No. He wasn't with Negan. Oh, okay, because this shows him with Negan right here. Where? The picture on my screen. Oh, that, you mean in the comic? Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the, I think in the, I'm trying to, um, now I'm going to really struggle to remember, so don't get mad if I remember this wrong, but I'm pretty sure that that, that, that was, uh, that that Pete, there's a bigger piece for him coming soon. That's that, and that definitely wasn't in the show. Oh, okay. In the so we probably shouldn't focus on it. Well, I mean, I, we still, yeah, why not? Although, <laughs> although it, it, it's interesting because maybe, I mean, The Walking Dead does this really well, right? Maybe it's they have a backstory and that backstory is going to come out. You know, maybe there's something with the Negan character and him that we will see unfold in real time in the present, but we'll also have... Uh, like a big backstory to it that more closely follows the comics. So that certainly is a good possibility. They're really creative about that kind of stuff. So mm -hmm. yeah, you never know. All right. So um, the last thing I want to focus on is uh, Maggie and uh, Rick's last meeting, as well as the hanging of Gregory. Um, you know, Maggie showed, you know, was being called out as being basically Rick's bitch, basically. Uh, and, you know, it didn't sit well with her because, you know, obviously she has the issues with him due to the whole Negan situation. And um, so when Gregory, when they were having their tussle through that in their face, you know, it definitely resonated with her because the next time they had their meeting, she definitely changed her tone with Rick. So we're getting a little bit of the way that the last season ended with this change of tone with Rick. And then also she decided to to uh, execute Gregory. So what do you guys, I mean, 
are we starting to see Maggie go to the dark side? She tried to tell everybody this is just a one-time thing. I have to let you guys know what happens. And poor Gregory cried, you know. I mean, you know, I guess I would be trying to do anything I could to get out of that hangman's noose. But, uh, but, uh, but, um, uh, so what do you think about this, this, uh, Maggie, uh, executing or, you know, putting him to death? And how do you think that's going to affect, uh, her standing with the rest of the, the group? I think part of it is like she's trying to establish a you know it's i would say a bit of a power play in other words she's trying to establish again like jen said like the normalcy and what it used to be in other words if you tried to kill somebody before you you know you wound up you know hanging for it you know things like that so she's trying to in a way i think she's trying to work things back to that and as far as the people on the hilltop her hanging him uh, is going to send a message basically to them that you don't want to mess mess with Maggie because she's you know going to set things right and not going to not going to put up with people trying to hurt anybody else. Uh, and I was like, the this is a one time thing. Um, she can probably hold to that. Uh, as it being a one-time thing, but in reality, um, once you start doing, once you start doing that, you know, things are going to come up where, you know, the, where the punishment fits the crime and there's going to have to be more hangings. I I was just going to say, how many times on the walking dead do we need to be reminded, uh, the governor, anybody, uh, (laughs) that, that might does not make right and that and that as much as i hate gregory because i really really hated him he deserved a trial if they're really going to go to normalcy then they can't skip the the justice and that's the problem that all of these quasi leaders have is that they skip the part where we talk about justice and they go straight from you're doing something to you're guilty and you're dead and that's the problem well but that that goes back to uh that goes back to the old west in other words you know an eye for an eye tooth for a tooth all that you know, in in Old West, you got caught, but your hand in the cookie jar, you got it cut off. There wasn't much of a trial. You know, judge would come in and say, what did he do? Okay, that's what he did, hang him. Right. Uh, and, and- but so, I mean, in other words, Old, old West style uh, justice was you did something, you paid for it. There wasn't, you didn't get to sit around in jail and, and wait on it. You got judged by, you know, you got judged right then and there. I, I get that. Okay, uh-huh. I do get that. <clears throat> and and as a mom, I totally agree because w- with Maggie because if somebody had threatened even even half the harm that that I thought was being perpetrated on myself and then in the proximity of my child, I would probably react very similarly. But I think we have to take a longer view of The Walking Dead and look at <clears throat> what consequentially these things usually mean and what they usually mean is once again, skipping justice is a shortcut to 
like Kinte said, the dark side. This is where everything begins to break down. When um, and I and I I get this sense that what is maybe being set up here is Maggie is it's not that people will lose faith in Maggie. It's that remember again going back to the Michonne thing. Look, we want to set up a charter that says we will treat each other in the way that uh, is, that this is the new order of things. The new order of things is we're all going to behave according to these standards and we're going to expect the same from each person. And it feels like Maggie is an outlier. And this may be a point of contention. If, if your leader is willing to hang someone without any presentation of the evidence against them, and, and especially if they're a past leader, whew, it really does sort of set a very bad uh, precedent. Also, <clears throat> there are a bunch of people right now at Hilltop who were past saviors, or at least we, uh, I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and they were brought in, and she was not happy with them, and they were kept in a pen, and they were kept in a cave. She didn't kill them. Obviously, this is much more serious, I think, maybe in terms of how she's viewing it. Once again, I think because her kid is involved. But there's something, something has switched in Maggie that, at least from a character perspective, feels like it is far more um, direct. And I don't want to say unscrupulous, but there's a little bit more of an insidiousness in her that I didn't see before. So as glad as I am to see Gregory go... Because I hated his whitey Stimuli character. By the way, uh, yeah, <laughs> I figured <laughs> he's a great actor. I like um, that guy. I remember I, him from Twenty Four. He was great. I I wasn't super excited about the way that Maggie as a character handled that. It just wow. That I think it's going to end up coming back to haunt her. Yeah. Do you do you think possibly this her actions in hanging Gregory will be part of you know? her exit from the show. I, I think that's why they set it up the way they set it up. I think especially because there were children involved. There were there was a child there when she got attacked, her child. But there were also two children, and this could not possibly have been by mistake. I mean, obviously they wanted us to know that kids saw the hanging. Mm-hmm. So what does right. that mean, and how do we interpret what that could possibly mean going forward? And I think it's a, it's a big plot milestone like stick a pin right here because this is important everyone pay attention and michonne picked it up right away so uh, and i feel like this is going to be part of what michonne is going to put together as her as her charter Uh, that seems to be a piece of the puzzle Well, it's going to be interesting how this season plays itself out i think it was a good start and i'm looking forward to what comes next me too. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's it. Good start. Good first episode. And, and yeah, I think it's going to be a good season. Yes. Also, big shout out to Aiden's song. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I loved Aiden's song. I was, that was so. It was sweet. It was very. It was bittersweet. But I mean, it was really sweet. Yeah. Good mm-hmm. job. Good job, Aiden. All right. So let's uh, start off with you, Jen. How can people get you in social media and all that good stuff? People can follow me on Twitter at followingbliss1, and they can find me on the web at criticallaughswith2ls.com or moviesmakethemeal.com. All right. And what about you, Olaf? 
Well, you can stalk me on both Facebook and Twitter at Olaf Barbosa, but just don't stalk too close because I do get nervous and I do have an itchy trigger finger. <laughs> oh, you got one. <laughs> I was waiting on. <laughs> hey, I, hey, I had to... Uh... To step my game up. <laughs> there you go. Alrighty, and Kente, how can people follow you? Yes, uh, you get me at Kente F on Twitter. You can also um, go to uh, you can um, follow Indie Radio at Indie Radio O R G on Twitter as well. So Indie Radio is on Twitter uh, and Instagram Indie Radio I N D Y Radio. Um, you can go to our website indieradio.org. That's I N D Y radio.org we'll be back of course next week with an all new episode of the talking about walkers the walking dead podcast as well as tomorrow night men and women talk mars venus show we'll be talking about long distance relationships like the long distance relationship that jen has with zach mcgowan (laughs) (laughs) that's a really long distance relationship i don't even know if we could get there So it's going to be a lot of fun. That's at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern, right here on Indie Radio. Uh, we'll be it's back. It's an awesome show. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Um, also, on Wednesday nights, now Wednesdays, we're going to be regularly at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 Eastern. Uh, we'll be doing our show, uh, Talking Minds MC, and then following that up with uh, at 6 o'clock Pacific, 9 Eastern, we will have uh, the spotlight. So those will be back-to-back on Wednesdays. Uh, we have a, a great guest for uh, for um, Wednesday's show, The Spotlight. So I'm looking forward to that. So uh, very, we're going to be very busy coming up for um, you know this next couple of months until the end of the year. So I'm very excited about it. Looking forward to uh, just mixing it up with you guys. And uh, so it's it's going to be a great rest of the year. So uh, the, uh, this comes to the close of this weekend. It's been uh, a very interesting, eventful weekend. And uh, I'm looking forward to this week coming up. Tomorrow's a holiday. Um, uh, Christopher Columbus Day. I can't stand Christopher Columbus. But, uh, <laughs> um, you know, uh, that's tomorrow. So some people have it off, some people don't. I guess it's uh, it's like a, one of those regional holidays. I think is the way they described it. Mm. So, um, but with that said, you guys have a great week. We will see you next time right here on IndieRadio.org. God bless you. Now through October 12th, get the killer deal at Planet Fitness. Join for just $5 down, $10 a month, no commitment, and really get your heart racing on all of our cardio and strength equipment. $5 down, $10 a month, no commitment. That's a deal to die for. Join now. Planet Fitness, the judgment-free zone. Hurry. Offer ends Friday, October 12th. Join in club or online at planetfitness.com. Any membership fee applies. State and local taxes may apply. Participating locations only. See club for details.